Hi everybody, Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Jacob. I'm part of the teaching team here. Um, and I got, some, I got some stories I want to share um, about faith. Uh, in 1963, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, presented his very famous I Have a Dream speech. It's more of a sermon than a speech. If you've read it, it's, it's pretty preachy. Um, but in it, you can hear his unshakable belief that one day former slave owners and former slaves would be able to sit across the table from each other in brotherhood. And this was something that he died believing in. In 1957, Brother Andrew would smuggle uh, across the Russian border, Bibles openly in the front of his truck, believing that God would shut the eyes of the police officers there. And today, Open Doors, which he started, serves over 70 countries, seeking to hear the message of God where it is dangerous to preach it. Later in in, uh, 1940s, Corrie Ten Boom would um, feed and uh, house over 800 Jews before she was taken to a concentration camp in 1944, where her faith didn't waver, but she continued to see people come to know the love of Jesus until she was released by a clerical error a week before she was to be sent to the gas chambers. Later in, a, in 1947, when she was um, giving a message on forgiveness, she'd come face to face with a tormentor turned Christian from the concentration camp, asking her for forgiveness. And in a moment where she felt she could not forgive him, she said, Lord, I can reach out my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And the Spirit of God comes upon her and she's able to forgive the unforgivable. These stories of faith of men and women who despite their circumstances and despite their own abilities, Trusted in God are modern day examples of the spiritual gift of faith. A faith that defies reality, a faith that has an unshakable confidence in God, a faith that is able to move mountains. They believed when it made no sense to believe, whether it was for a future of racial reconciliation, whether it was for blind eyes at the border, or whether it was for forgiveness, um, to be able to forgive Um, what they couldn't forgive on their own. Is this the kind of faith that you desire in your life? The kind of faith which defies reality, which preaches to the powers and principalities of the world of evil, that Jesus is King. The kind of faith that goes beyond your own life. Maybe you've been praying for a really long time for something that you haven't seen God come through on. And maybe you've been praying for somebody else to see something happen in their life that they they haven't seen happen before. Maybe you've been praying so much that you you can't pray without doubts anymore. And maybe you've decided, actually, I don't think God wants this for me, so I've stopped praying for it. Maybe you're hearing me talk about these kinds of gifts of faith and and you're saying, Jacob, don't, don't give me hope again. I can't be disappointed again. And so I want to encourage you today, God wants to give the gift of faith to His children. He wants, He wants you to believe for the impossible, to see God's kingdom break through into our natural world supernaturally. So as we unpack this, this gift of faith, will you be open to the move of the Spirit in your life? Will you be open to what the Spirit wants to say to you today, how He wants to move, how He wants to break through your situation? 
So there's these uh, three ideas broadly in the New Testament of faith. Um, They all are the exact same word in the Greek, um, so it's a little hard to pull them apart, but the context gives us um, uh, an idea of where these kind of faith is delineated. Uh, There's saving faith, there's the fruit of faith, and then there's the gift of faith. Um, These are each uh, important to our Christian walk. And um, uh, there's an undergirding, three undergirding things that um, lie underneath all these three things of faith. Um, uh, The Dr. Barry Chant um, gives us the founder of Tabor. Um, He says, uh, we need conviction, commitment, and confidence. We need conviction, the intellectual ability to believe the Bible is the Word of God. We need commitment, the ability to trust. This is trust that is given, not just trust that is and, and, and received back and forth. So it's a relational knowledge, a relational um, belief. And then we need a confidence, our willingness to act on the beliefs that we have. So I have confidence in my beliefs that I already have, my intellectual belief and my experiential belief with Jesus. And therefore I'm willing to act on that belief. And so in Saving faith, the first kind of faith, we intellectually agree Jesus is Lord. We trust that Jesus is our Saviour. And then our confidence, our our action is to repent of our sins. And the reason this is the the baseline of faith, kind of the the base ground, the foundational ground, is because this is the inner outline for Christianity. This is the inner outline for salvation. You either believe these things and are a Christian, or you don't and you're not. This is the faith that we lean on when everything else around us crumbles. I know I am saved by grace through faith in Jesus. That's this faith. The next kind of faith is the fruit of faith. This comes from um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, where Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit. It's the natural overflow of our Christian life. I can expect anybody who is a Christian to be showing fruits of faith because it is what we're designed to do. We are created to bear Fruit, And so this, this kind of faith is the faith that we cultivate. The, the saving kind of faith, that's the kind of faith um, that we lean on. But this kind of faith is the kind of faith that we cultivate in our lives. If we believe the Bible is the Word of God and we place our trust in Jesus, faith is the action that comes along with our beliefs. But have you ever acted opposite to what you believe? Have you ever believed something but then acted in a way that's totally different to how you believe? Um, I've got an example. Uh, have you ever done footy tipping? And the team that you really, really go for is doing really, really badly this year. And you, <laughs> and you, really, you really want to tip them every game, but you know you're not going to go up the ladder if you tip them this game. And so you act indifferent to your belief. I believe the Crows is like such a good team, just not this year. And so we act in a way different to what we believe. Maybe, maybe something more relatable for you guys who aren't Chris, uh, football fans um, is you believe that God wants to save every single person and give them the opportunity, but you don't want to share your faith with the people around you because you are scared and you've, you've got that fear and the doubt um, rising up within you. Here's the thing, we don't always trust God perfectly. Often we fail to truly trust God and it's not a failure of our faith, okay? Um, us not, um, not trusting God fully is not a failure of our faith. It's an evidence of an underdeveloped faith, right? If we're trees and we wanna grow and produce fruit, when underdeveloped faith just means we're still a sapling, 
right? You can't, a sapling's not going to bear fruit perfectly. It might bear some. It's probably not going to be heaps good fruit, but it's going to bear some fruit. But often we act in our doubts instead of acting in our faith. What does that look like? Is that really the Holy Spirit's telling me to, to go down the front and, and get prayer? Or is that just my voice? What if God doesn't hear the person that I'm praying for right now? Am I going to look stupid? Am I going to look ridiculous? What if I push this person away from Jesus in the conversation we have instead of draw them closer? And so rather than acting in faith and going, no, no, I trust God is going to make a way for this to happen. We act in our doubts and we say, I think I'm just not going to do it today. I think I'm just not going to put myself in it today. And so what happens is we, we get into this cycle where we doubt and then we act on our doubts and then that reinforces our doubt, which then means we fail to act on our faith again. And so here's this, this loop that we get into. I don't have a history of faithfulness of God because I've never had the opportunity to trust Him because I've always acted in my doubt and not in my faith. But it works the other way too. See, when I step out in faith and act on my faith, then I get the opportunity to get a history of faithfulness and step out again in faith and go, well, no, he was faithful then and he'll be faithful now. And so that, this, in this way, it cultivates faith and builds faith. That as we step out in faith more and more, we get the ability to exercise our faith. I started doing exercise at the beginning of this year. And let me tell you, when I first started running, it was not pretty. Um, the first time I did a 5K, I was puffing and puffing so hard, trying to hold it together for Tim, who I was running with. Oh my goodness, I don't think I could walk for the couple of days afterwards. But... I continued to exercise and continued to use my body to exercise and therefore it got easier and easier. And as we step out in faith and exercise our faith, stepping out in faith becomes easier. We grow the kind of faith that can move mountains. So how do I cultivate this this faith that that comes with action? What do I need to do? The, The first thing that we need to do is we need to listen and be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to step out in faith where God's not telling us to. If I step out in faith and I go somewhere God doesn't want me to, well, I'm probably going to end up in a place where I really don't want to be. Um, But when we listen to the voice of God, we're not stepping out in faith where God's not already out. We're not taking a big, massive risk and going, I don't know really what I'm doing here. We're going, I can see God working in here, so I'm going to step in and join in partnership with what God's already doing. I'm not stepping out in faith blindly. I'm seeing where God's already at work and already moving and joining in with what He's doing. But we need a relationship with God. We need to communicate with Him to do that. And so the best way to communicate with God, the two things we need to communicate with God, prayer regularly and Bible reading regularly. Prayer, because it's our communication with God, the way we build a relationship with Him, not just talking, but listening, waiting and giving space to hear what God wants to say to you. And then reading the Bible, saying, okay, this is what God has said before. This is what God has done before. So will He do it again? How do I know He's gonna do it again? Because He's done it before. And I know He's done it before. I know His character. I know His person because I read about it in the Bible. Drink, sorry. Church water bottle. I know that um, it might seem like I'm asking you to do more with this um, faith in God stuff. Read your Bible more, pray more. But what I'm actually, what I'm actually saying is that um, we don't we don't live in faith and, and strive in faith to, to be more faithful. Have you ever tried to do that? We're like, oh, I'm just trying really, really, really hard to have faith, and I'm just going to believe for it even harder. 
That sounds more like constipation than faith. <laughs> the problem is no matter how hard you push, it's not coming out. <laughs> what, we, what we need though um, is to rest in faith. Okay, um, a fruit tree doesn't need to strive to produce fruit. It does it because it's well-fed and well-watered and it's designed to produce fruit. And in the same way, when we are fed by the Word of God and when we are watered by the rain of the Holy Spirit, we produce fruit, the fruit of faith. And so I'm not asking you to do more because faith is passive. You don't work harder, you rest in the trusting arms of Jesus. Faith isn't working harder, it's resting more, relying on Jesus more. It's surrendering our desires, our wills and our preferences to God in obedience. And faith makes it a comfort and a joy to do so. The gift of faith goes even further than this though. If the saving faith is the foundation that we lean on and the fruit of faith is something that we cultivate, the gift of faith comes with spiritual authority and responsibility. Let's open to our teaching text today, um, 20 minutes into the sermon. Um, Matthew 21, verse 18 to 22. At this point in the narrative, it's not uncommon to see Jesus commanding both the natural and the supernatural. He commands sight to be restored. He commands the lame to walk, the demons to evacuate people, the wind and the waves to to steal. And here we see He commands the fig tree to stop being fruitful. And this is the gift of faith, the supernatural ability to have unshakable confidence in the authority of God. That when I speak in the power of God, things change and things happen. Not because I have the power, but because God has the power who works through me to make these things happen. I know what God is saying in this situation. I know His will and purposes for me. I know His plans for me are good. And so I can speak into that situation and say, Lord, You do this thing. And I know that you're going to do it because you always show up and you've got that gift of faith, the unshakable gift of faith. This gift of faith is often combined with other gifts like healing and and prophecy and um, the casting out of uh, spirits or discerning of spirits. Um, Because in order to heal somebody, we need to have enough faith to know that God's going to heal that person. If I step out in faith and I know without doubt that God's going to heal that person, man, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to lay hands on them and heal them. Amen. And so people with this gift have supernatural confidence in the plans and purposes for God in their life and the life of other people. And here's just some examples in the Bible. Elijah and Jesus fasting for an extensive period of time. Uh, God, we trust that we're not gonna starve to death here. Daniel entering the lion's den. I trust that these lions will not eat me. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fire. I trust that my flesh will not melt off of my body. Jesus, Peter and Paul resurrecting Lazarus, Tabitha and Eutychus. People healing the sick, both Jesus and the apostles. The woman that believed if she just touched Jesus, she would be healed. Each of these people exercised the gift of faith. They did what should be impossible through faith in God that was supernatural. It defied their reality. And what I find amazing about this gift is it's a vision of the kingdom of God breaking into the natural through supernatural means. The authority of God breaking into the natural world through people declaring the promises of God over their life and the people around them with an unshakable confidence that is not flooded by doubts and fear. So what kind of faith is it that even death would submit 
to it. I'll tell you what kind of faith it's not. Have you guys heard of manifestation? I mean, you didn't come to church today expecting to hear about manifestation. Um, It's this belief that what you speak into the universe is gonna happen. And if you believe with positive thinking hard enough for something, it's gonna come to you. Now, to a degree, there's truth in it. Before you, before you freak out and before we start getting our heresy counters out and going plus one for Jacob, um, it's part of a, a new age spiritualism. And one of the reasons this works, it's not because positive thinking works, is because when I stop believing that failure and doubts are gonna stop me from reaching my goal, then I suddenly need, get to continue to push on in, in uh, faith that I can do it. But this isn't a faith in God, this is a faith in me. Okay, and when it, uh, our faith is in me, anything that we put our faith in that is not Jesus is called idolatry. And nothing can bear the weight of our faith except for God. And so when we are trusting in faith in ourselves, in our willpower, in our minds, that, oh, I can do this on my own, I've got this thing, we're extremely fallible people, right? Have you ever, have you ever taken a deep dive into your mind? Have you ever looked deep into your mind and had a, I heard the laugh there. Uh, a deep dive into your mind and going, what do I actually think and believe in? And what am I actually living for? Um, it's a pretty scary place sometimes. Maybe that's just me. Um, but if we have the gift of faith, then our faith isn't in us and our ability. It's in God and His ability working through us. So it's not me doing these miracles. It's not me speaking out in faith with the authority of God. It's God doing it through me. And so this is the key difference between manifestation and faith is that manifestation is self-centred, it's about me and it relies on my own ability. But the gift of faith is other-centred, it relies on love and faith in God and trust in God. We're given our gifts for other people. A key question we need to be asking when we're using the gift of faith is on whose authority and for whose benefit. Is it my authority that I'm speaking these things? Is it my will and my purposes that I wanna do these miracles? Or is it God's will to heal this person? Is it God's will to change this situation in my life? And then for, for who am I doing it for? If it's all for me, if every time I'm believing in faith, it's for me, that's not real faith. Faith goes out of our own lives and into other people's lives. It goes out of the church building and into the community. I trust God to work the miracle. I trust God to keep me safe. This is another reason why Scripture and intimacy with Jesus is really important. Because if I'm not reading my Bible and I don't have a relationship with Jesus, how do I discern what's the voice of God and what's my voice? How do I discern what I want, even if it's good, even if it's right, and what God wants for me? I also wanna recognise the struggle in this gift. And I mentioned it earlier before where we feel like we've been praying for a really long time, we feel God's stopped listening, that He doesn't care, that He's punishing us for some reason, that He doesn't wanna answer our prayers or that our prayers are no longer effective. And either we've just stopped praying with faith or we've just stopped praying for it altogether. Sometimes we come to accept, maybe this is just what God's asked me to live with in my life. Maybe this is my, my polism, the, the thorn in the flesh that God's given me for my whole life. And maybe today you're praying and you've reached the end of your faith. So I wanna ask, don't, I'm not gonna ask you to pray again because sometimes you can come to church and you're like, okay, the pastor told me to um, pray again. The preacher told me to pray again. And I prayed again and nothing happened again. And so I'm disappointed again. Here's what I wanna ask. Would you pray for the gift of faith to believe supernaturally what you cannot naturally believe? The gift of faith is a, is a gift that goes beyond your level of faith maturity 
above and beyond the level of faith maturity to trust what you cannot naturally trust supernaturally in the power of God. So would you pray that simple prayer? If that's you today, we're gonna have ministry time a little bit later, but would you pray that simple prayer? God, I believe, help me in my unbelief. There's two ways we receive this gift of faith. Short-term and long-term. Short-term is, is normally on an as-needs basis. If your prayer is, I believe, help my unbelief, um, that's usually an indication we need a, short need, uh, a short-term gift of faith. And when I say short-term, all I mean is it's not lifelong. You can have a short-term gift that lasts for years in a gift of faith, but it's one that comes and then it goes later. And it might come back again later, but then it goes again. When you look back to those situations, you, you think, man, I have absolutely no idea how I got through that. I have no idea how I trusted God, but I just kind of did. It just kind of happens to me. Um, and so sometimes um, the gift of faith though is, is uh, the short-term one. It's not for you, it's for somebody else close to you. Um, where you get a gift of faith for somebody else, someone you know can't believe it in their own power, but you get a gift of faith to believe it for them. Um, one of the things that we do with this gift of faith is intercession. And intercession is just simply praying on somebody else's behalf. And so if I'm interceding with the gift of faith for somebody else, I'm saying, I know for certain this is what God wants in your life. And no matter how much you tell me, no, I've tried it. No matter how much you say, I think I'm, I'm scared for it. I know God wants this for your life. And I'm gonna keep praying until I see it happen. And I'm gonna keep petitioning God until I see it happen. I'm gonna petition God until I see that breakthrough happen in your life. The long-term gift of faith is is different though. It's for a, a lifelong project with God. A project where you need faith for the kingdom to be built. It's not for you, it's always for the kingdom. It allows people to do extraordinary things in the kingdom of God and it's really closely linked to calling. So if you're trying to discern a call of God today, you need a gift of faith. We see this at work in Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. where he's petitioning the government to change their, um, I don't know enough about um, Martin Luther King Jr. to to talk about this very well, but um, the civil rights movement to see racial reconciliation in America. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was persecuted, he was threatened and eventually assassinated because he believed so strongly that this was something that God wanted to do in America. We had visitors earlier here this year um, who I won't say the names of, but um, I believe God gave them a gift of faith to go and preach the gospel where it is dangerous to do so right now. Moses is another example of, a, of somebody who has the gift of faith. While his faith is unshakable, we see the Israelites' faith is certainly not unshakable, amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moses can see the way out of Egypt because he has the gift of faith. He can see that God will give them food and provide for them because he has the gift of faith. He can see that they will reach the promised land because he has the gift of faith. Here's the problem though, Moses gets frustrated at the lack of faith of the Israelites. And so if you have the gift of faith and that's something that you think you might have, don't get frustrated about the lack of faith of those around you. They don't have the gift that you have. Your gift is for them, okay? So when you're, when you're acting in the gift of faith, do it in love. I think this might be a helpful place to, to kind of put boundaries to play in when it comes to the gift of faith because we can abuse the gift of faith and use it in ways that God hasn't called us to, to do things God never told us to do. And so... 
There's three boundaries that I wanna talk about um, for the gift of faith. And by boundaries, I, I literally mean the box that we get to play in. What are the things that safeguard us from using it incorrectly? The first one, and I've harped on about it a little bit, is be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Timing matters. If God doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. If God's not telling you to heal the person, don't heal the person. God's timing matters with the spiritual gifts more than what you want. Secondly, wisdom in the gift is really important. Here at Encounter, we've got a church council um, made up of elders and and pastors. um, And it's the church council's job to be the wisdom in the room. Not that Mike and Jen aren't wise people, um, but the church council's job is there to make sure that when we're planning the future of this church, we're not making mistakes along the way for the sake of what we think the kingdom wants to do. And so uh, Barry Chant has some, some helpful advice for, for this, is that um, the greater the damage caused if you are wrong, the more the need to seek for wisdom. And so when you're taking steps of faith and you're deciding to step out in faith, if your faith says, sell your home, move your family to a different country, that's something you probably wanna talk to, to some other people about and seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit about. Yeah. But if, you, it, but if it's saying, hey, you know, run back and forth past this car a couple of times and maybe nothing happens, that's not something you need to call the elders and talk about. That's something that you can just do. <laughs> Lastly, and this is linked to, <laughs> to both of these things, is that love has to be the motivator of our faith. Paul says that love without faith is nothing. There is no faith without love. And often, maybe not often, hopefully not often, but we can see faith used in churches without love. Hey, would you mortgage your home to finance our church building project? Hey, would you quit your job on Sunday to come serve on team? This is an exercise of faith without love, where it says you take the risk for the kingdom vision that I see. Now, I wanna be super clear. I'm not saying these aren't risks that we're sometimes called to take, but God gives you the message for it, for you. Sometimes He gives it to other people. And so refer to the other two boundaries first. We seek God's Word and we seek God's advice. And then, man, asking someone to, sell, to remortgage their home to finance a church building project, that sounds like it could damage a lot of people. So maybe I should go get some consultant about it. And then third, is it, is it loving? Is it something that I'm doing in love for the sake of love? Maybe part of this is praying, God, would you give them the same conviction that I have about doing this gift of faith? So we talked about the gift of faith extensively. Now we come to the part where we're talking about how do I receive the gift of faith? If I think I need the gift of faith, how am I gonna receive the gift of faith? Well, for some people, it just kind of happens. You just wake up one day and you're like, I've got an unshakable confidence in the purposes and plans of Jesus. And if that's you, how good, that's awesome. That's great for you. But sometimes we need to get in step with the Holy Spirit. We need to position ourselves rightly. Have you ever danced with somebody who doesn't know how to dance? Um, sorry if that's me. Um, <laughs> but if you're not in step with the person that you're dancing with, you're gonna fall over each other and it's not gonna go well. And so what we wanna do is we wanna get in step with the Holy Spirit. And we wanna know where the Spirit's going, what the Spirit's doing. And once we do that, we wanna start praying, God, would you give me the gift of, would you give me the gift of faith, God? I pray to, pray to receive the gift of faith. I, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And, and part of this can also be um, 
meditating on the Word of God, um, reading through Scriptures and, and meditating what, what's God trying to speak to me in this, in this situation. Um, part of it's also being here worshipping with other believers. Um, but the last part of it, and I think this is the part's really, really important, is taking a step of faith. Taking a step of faith where if God doesn't show up, you're going to fail. There is no way you do it without God showing up. Um, now, I understand if you've been taking notes, you might be reading and going, hang on, this is the same thing that he said for cultivating faith. Well, it turns out when you cultivate a faith to grow, it gives you the opportunity to be open to receive more faith. And so perhaps today, a small step of faith where despite your rising fear and doubt, is to just put up your hand and say, I need the gift of faith. Perhaps your small step of faith is, man, I've been thinking about that Think about leaving my job for a while and I think maybe God's calling me to, to step out in faith and, and do it. And perhaps that small step of faith is, is saying, uh, actually, I think God really wants me to get a dog. I don't know why that came into my mind, but I think God wants, is calling me to get a dog. And so I'm gonna take a step of faith and, and get a dog today. <laughs> Who knows, maybe it's something for, for somebody today. Um, uh, Band, you guys can come back up. A step of faith says, God, I trust your promises for me. I trust your will and purposes for me. I trust that no matter what happens, you're always gonna be here. You're not running off anywhere. You're not hiding from me. You're not punishing me. God, I, I wanna take a small step of faith and say, I trust you. And so today, if you're one of those people who you've been praying for something for a really, really long time, you haven't seen God move in it, and you're like, I can't pray for it again, but I'm willing to pray for the gift of faith. Will your small step of faith be to raise your hand right now in this place? If you're saying, I really need that, that gift of faith. If that's you tonight, would you raise your hand? Yeah, I see those hands. That's good. And we're gonna pray for that now. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.